section eighteen of henry the second by lewis francis saltzman this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela nagami chapter nine legal and constitutional history of the reign part two by reserving all cases of this type to the jurisdiction of the king's courts and by authorizing the sheriffs to enter any liberty or honour for the purposes of arresting criminals or of supervising the police organization of frank pledges a severe blow was struck at the private feudal courts and incidentally the security of the law-abiding populace was much increased to strengthen this security yet more the king gave orders for the erection of jails in every county and for the compilation of lists of fugitive criminals no unknown wayfarer or vagabond might stay for more than one night in any borough unless he or his horse fell ill and all newcomers settling in any county had to find sureties for their appearance before the justices while a final haven of refuge was closed to the fugitive by the rule that no religious house should receive into its fellowship any man of the lower class de minuto popolo without inquiry into his antecedents it is probably to this same year eleven sixty six that we may assign the assize of novel disseisin by which possession became not merely nine-tenths of the law but the law itself under this assize any person who was seized or possessed of a freehold and was ejected therefrom or diseased without a previous decision of the court might recover his season by an action before the king's court without regard to the goodness of his original title there is some reason to believe that this theory of the right of the actual possessor to remain in possession until the claimant had proved his better right to the property was recognized in the previous reign but it was under henry the second that it took definite form as a fixed method of legal procedure which formed the basis of innumerable actions in later times about this same date too we find evolving another legal form which was to play a very important part in the history of the conveyance of land it is self-evident that from time to time the parties concerned in a suit before the king's court might find it to their mutual advantage to come to a compromise as this would involve the abandoning of the suit probably depriving the king of certain perquisites of justice and certainly rendering nugatory the trouble taken by the justices over the preliminaries of the trial the king's leave to compromise had to be purchased and frequently the terms of the agreement were submitted to him for confirmation to begin with these agreements which from their putting an end to the suit were called final concords or fines would be drawn up casually expressing each particular composition in such phrases as seemed most convenient but the justiciar glanville writing at the end of henry's reign lays down a definite formula to be used in drawing up a fine and this formula can be traced back to eleven seventy two and occurs with slight variations as early as eleven sixty three though instances before eleven eighty are rare when these fines acquired the recognized status of legal formulae 
steps were taken to preserve official copies of them and as soon as it was realized that the execution of a fine was the surest way of securing a permanent record of a conveyance of land or similar deed it became the practice to bring fictitious actions with the express intention of compromising them and executing fines the fine was therefore at a later date almost invariably the termination of a fictitious suit but there was no reason to believe that this was so in the time of henry the second to any great extent and though we owe to him the formula of the fine it remained in his time a genuine act of compromise and incidentally a considerable source of revenue the administration of the assize of clarendon especially of those portions concerned with forfeitures and pecuniary penalties seems to have given rise to much complaint the sheriffs were said on the one hand to have used their power to extort more than was due and on the other hand to have paid into the exchequer less than was due further rumours of peculation in connection with the aid for the marriage of the king's daughter in eleven sixty eight having reached henry's ears he suspended all the sheriffs in eleven seventy and ordered a careful and minute inquiry into the whole question all monies paid to sheriffs and other officials were to magnates and their stewards during the past four years were to be set down with a notice whether they were demanded with lawful warrant or without the value of the goods of convicted or fugitive felons and the amounts paid toward the marriage aid were also to be returned and note was to be made of any bribes accepted by the sheriffs or hush money given by them the inquiry was also to extend to breaches of the forest law and the conduct of the officials administering it the only fragments of the returns to this inquiry that are known to have survived throw little light on the general conduct of the sheriffs and their subordinates though they illustrate the truth that taxation always soaks through to the lowest stratum of society although taxation under henry did not fall with nearly so direct and crushing a force upon the poor as under king louis in france the large sums extorted from the english magnates had naturally to be raised by them in part from their poorer tenants and if the king expected his lords to make large gifts of money to him it was natural that they should in turn impress upon their subjects the duty of giving willingly to them one immediate result of this inquiry of eleven seventy was the substitution of men from the ranks of the exchequer and court officials in place of local magnates as sheriffs the change was a wise one increasing the skill of administration and reducing the risk of extortion and undue use of influence the continuous undermining of the baronial authority of which this was but one more instance had a double effect at the time of the young king's rebellion in eleven seventy three on the one hand it drove the more intolerant nobles to take up arms against king henry but on the other it put in the king's hand a powerful organization controlled by loyal officials whose prospects were bound up with his own and supported by the mass of the people who had every reason to appreciate his rule and to fear the victory of the feudal reactionaries after the rebellion had quieted down 
henry issued at northampton in eleven seventy six an assize of wider scope than any other of his reign the decrees of the assize of clarendon were repeated but reinforced forgery and arson were added to the pleas of the crown about which inquiry was to be made and the convicted felon was to lose a hand as well as a foot returns were to be made of the escheats churches and heiresses who were in the king's gift and the justices were to try actions brought under the assize of novel disseisin and were also given control of cases concerned with as little as half a knight's fee finally an important regulation was laid down that if a free tenant died his son and heir should at once have such season of the freehold as his father had at the time of his death and the widow should have her dower if the lord of the fee did not admit the heir of the freehold the justices should cause an inquest to be made by the jury of twelve men which had now become so integral a part of legal procedure and if they found that the father had died seized the heir should recover possession in this we have clearly the first enunciation of the assize of mort d'ancester which in course of time was extended from the direct to the more remote degrees of kindred the work begun by the assizes of novel disseisin and mort d'ancester was brought to a logical completion in eleven seventy nine by the institution of the grand assize by this assize any action concerning a freehold could be transferred from the manorial to the royal court the demandant in the lower court was bound as of old to offer to prove his claim by the judicial duel a clumsy process entailing endless delays and expense and the humiliation if not death of the defeated party and often ending in a way clearly contrary to justice now by this new regulation the tenant when challenged might put himself upon the assize the demandant would then sue a writ in the king's court four knights would be appointed to elect a jury of twelve knights or country gentlemen as we should call them associated with the district in which the disputed land lay the jury had then to state from their own knowledge or from what their fathers had told them which of the two parties had the better claim to the land if any of the jury did not know anything of the matter they were discharged and others put in their place and if the knights were divided in opinion their numbers were increased until twelve decided in favour of one party knowing as we do from the plea rolls of the next reign how protracted a suit might be under this assize we can appreciate from glanville's encomium on the comparative rapidity of the process how interminable must have been the proceedings under the old methods it was not only a great extension of the influence of the king's court but was also a victory for common sense and sound law and the absurd and illogical ordeal by battle rapidly fell into disuse though it was not actually repealed in english law until eighteen nineteen and is still retained for the settlement of international quarrels the grand assize of eleven seventy nine is the last definite reform of common law procedure that we can connect with henry's name but in eleven eighty four he issued an assize of the forest under the norman kings the doctrine of royal rights over those unreclaimed woodlands moors and heaths which were known as forests was rigorously asserted 
Henry I, in particular, had so stretched his claims as to exercise jurisdiction over the sporting preserves of his barons, ignoring their rights and oppressing their tenants by the application of the arbitrary regulations of the forest law. Stephen had been compelled to relinquish all those forests which had been created by Henry I, and to confine the claims of the crown to those that were in existence at the time of the death of William Rufus. But Henry II had gradually reasserted his grandfather's claims, though not in their entirety. Henry himself was an ardent sportsman, finding in hunting and hawking an outlet for his ceaseless activity of spirit, and appears to have regarded poaching on the royal preserves as the most heinous of all offences. From the beginning of his reign justices from time to time toured the country inquiring into breaches of the forest law and mulcting the offenders, and we have seen how in 1176 he bled the whole country by a deliberate abuse of that same law. But it does not seem that any definite code was drawn up until the assize was published at Woodstock in 1184. Whether this was a stiffening of the laws in use, as is generally assumed, or a relaxation, or merely a codification, cannot be decided. In any case, the laws, though severe, were less savage than those of Henry I. The technical details of the regulations touching the king's forests and his subjects' woods and coverts cannot here be dealt with, but some of the devices to stop poaching may be noticed. No one within the forest bounds might keep bows and arrows, dogs or hounds, without license. Hunting at night involved a year's imprisonment and a fine. All large dogs, mastivi, within the forest districts were to be hambled, that is to say, lamed, by cutting out the ball of the foot to prevent their chasing the deer, and no tanner or white tawer might ply his trade within the forest bounds outside a borough. Finally, every man above twelve years of age within the forest district had to swear to observe the laws. This applied also to all clerks holding lay fees, and in many ways the most notable section of the assize is that which definitely asserts the susceptibility of the clergy to the forest law and authorizes the royal officers to lay hands on clerical offenders. End of section 18